Okay, Nikolai, okay. welcome back. It's nice to see Anto you. Anthony, thank you again for yeah. this opportunity. Always, always very glad and happy to see you. Likewise, it's a pleasure. And I'm looking forward to discussing primarily principle five today. Um, but I was thinking first, if possible, can you do like a maybe two or three, maybe four minute recap yeah. of the, the circumstances mm -hmm. that led to Vygotsky sort of developing uh, mm -hmm. his theoretical principles and the methodology mm -hmm. that he eventually had to create mm -hmm. in order to uh, pursue those principles, es essentially like wounds problem. You just maybe quickly recap that before we jump into principle five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, uh, just a kind of recap, mm. just to refresh my own memory. <clears throat> so, uh, the biggest problem in psychology, and probably the only problem in psychology, it generates all other problems, is very simple. All psychological phenomena, psychological processes, psychological states, are by definition subjective phenomena. Thinking, memory, emotions, feeling, representations, sensations, they are very subjective by their, uh, by their uh, ontological status. Mm. Okay? They are not objective in the sense that they are outside of our mind like trees, grass, stones, and so on. So, and, uh, but the science, natural science is something about the objective existing objects, objectively existing objects, something which exists independently of us, like sun, earth, rivers, or even elementary particles in physics, quantum mechanics, they are them, their processes are objectively existing. Physical laws are laws which exist objectively. So they are different from the laws uh, we people create. For example, jurisdictions, the law in the sense of the, uh, the, uh, uh, which regulate our relationship. These laws were created by people, but objectively existing laws are not created by people. There is a debate about who created them, but I don't want to do this. So, so, but psychological phenomena are completely subjective, which makes a big question. Is it possible to do psychology as a science? How is it possible to find something objective in subjective phenomena? Right? So, and it was a problem just stated by Immanuel Kant, famous, German philosopher, he just said directly, psychology is, as a science is, is impossible because it should study the processes of human consciousness using human consciousness as a tool to analyze the human consciousness. Mm -hmm. So we are trying to to understand something unknown using the same unknown to understand something unknown, which logically is absolutely impossible and it is impossible. Yeah. So, and 
when we speak about crisis in psychology, the crisis which was actively discussed in late, in the beginning of last century. So that was a lot of discussion about the crisis in psychology. Mm -hmm. And crisis was because psychology could not identify itself as a scientific discipline because of this problem. And the contribution of William Wound was that Wound made a first step forward to establish experimental psychology and he even established the experimental laboratory and then famous institute uh, uh, and he started from so-called elementary psychological processes like mm -hmm. sensation perception uh, uh, representations visual perceptions audio perceptions so trying to to find the the minimal the minimum minimal brick from which all the human mind is constructed. Mm. And that was his contribution. And experimental psychology, like measuring the time of reaction, <laughs> for example, think, simple things like that started. But it was at least something which can, could be, be measurable. And a famous uh, psychophysiological law was discovered. Uh, the law of the proportion between stimulus and response were discovered, and many, many things. But the problem remained, the problem remained, because uh, higher psychological processes, which are real human processes, are not combination of elementary processes. They're not like buildings built from these separate bricks. They are of a different nature. And that was uh, the final decision, final, final point of, the journey of wound. Wound came to this point and said that we can study elementary processes by using research methods, experimental methods, but higher psychological processes like logical memory, abstract thinking, we cannot because they are absolutely subjective. They have no direct relation to physiology. So they are not physiologically driven. They are something special. That's why he wrote his famous folk psychology book, so that was the situation. And the question remains, if we psychologists are seriously thinking about to make our science a science, we have to find some objective processes in subjective <laughs> phenomena, which is logically impossible. And the way to, to do this is just to change the logic. Because when I say logically impossible, I might mean simple formal logic. Mm. But there are different types of logics. One of these logics is so-called dialectical logic. And dialectical logic is different from formal logic. Dialectical logic was created by another great philosopher from Germany, Georg Friedrich Wilhelm Hegel, who introduced a different logic of studying, of studying the processes, the, not the things, but the processes, the changes. He said, it's a logic of studying the changes, processes, studying development. 
And Vygotsky's contribution to psychology was he tried to apply dialectical logic of Hegel to study in psychology because it was the only way to resolve the problem. He said, yes, subjective mental processes are subjective mental processes. Yes. And they all are different. Everybody is unique psychologically. My thinking is not as your thinking. Your imagination is not my, my imagination. So you, are, you have your subjectivity, I have my subjectivity. Okay. We have something in common. For example, you are, you are interested in Vygotsky, I'm interested in pedagogy. Uh, you speak English, I speak English, so we can find something together, but we are different. So how we can then make a, any generalization? Impossible. But answer of Vygotsky was very clear. Yes, subjective high psychological functions are subjective, but they all develop according to the same laws. The process of development of high psychological function is objective process. And the best way so, so, to... So, so shifting from the from the thing to the process so the process was the key yeah so, because, and, and because, moving yeah. from one moving from one logical paradigm to another was the, uh, the the way that he got there yes that's why that's why it was so important for him to apply dialectical logic hmm. because there is no other way to understand the variety of psychological processes and they are so different that, that even even if you compare if you compare if you find the patterns it will not help so his way was to his his way was to understand he said that the best way to understand the result high psychological function is to reconstruct theoretically and experimentally the whole process of its development which brings this result. Results are subjective. Your memory, my memory, your thinking, my thinking are very subjective. But your thinking and my thinking developed according to the same law of development of higher psychological functions called thinking. That was uh, the contribution of Vygotsky. That's why Vygotsky is so interesting because he really discovered several laws of development of high psychological functions which are as objective as laws of physics or chemistry or, or biology so if the functions themselves are not objective the laws of their development are yes correct? laws of development and the process of their development is objective process hmm. okay it's like my favorite example is is that if you look on the tree uh, you can you cannot find two absolutely identical trees. Yeah? My palms, I have six ones, six palms in my garden, they are different. So, but every palm grows according to the same law. So, and the, the process of, of how the palm grows is absolutely an objective process. Just a quick side question. Which, sorry, sorry, which does not yeah, depend on, on, on us. It's, it's the laws we are not created. If they objectively, you know, that was 
that was a, that's very important to understand the principles. Mm. That's why I'm speaking too much about that, because my concern is that many young early career researchers, they are just coming to Vygotsky directly, grabbing from Vygotsky some ideas, which mm. look very interesting, but they are not familiar with the dialectical logic and dialectical principles. And that's why probably they use something which looks very interesting, but uh, they are losing the deepness of things. That's why, sorry, I said it many, many times. Mm. I see you are, you are smiling, but I want to repeat and again and again and again, because this is extremely important uh, to understand, because if you want to understand, because we have to start from this. Yeah, thank you. And each each time I hear it, I pick up something new. Oh and yeah, I try. I try not to repeat just that. Yeah, no, it's very helpful. And I did a, I have a quick question. So you mm -hmm. talked about some palm trees in your garden, and how they're different, uh, and they're even their the, the amount of fruits or how they might develop. Oh yeah. The result. The results might look different, but the process mm -hmm. is is objective. Now, how about some other trees? Do they share the same process yeah. of development as palm? Yeah, yeah, it was just an example. No, 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 I know, but I'm, I'm just wondering, like, when does the process... Uh, so other trees of a different type would have the same tree, tree development process as the palm tree? Yeah, but there are some laws of growing, of, of growing biological, they're not biological, they are botanic laws yeah. of... Of, of growing but of course this is an, this is analogy don't take it yeah. too literally too directly because uh, what is important also in the process of development is that in the process of development the things are changing but sometimes they are qualitatively changing mm -hmm. so dialectically the process of development includes includes moments of qualitative changes, qualitative reorganization of the system. It's like, again, my second favorite example is like the, the bud, then the flower, and then the fruit. So it goes through the certain stages and qualitative reorganization, which is very important uh, uh, to understand development because uh, uh, many people still understand development in very, just development in very simplistic way. I have a lot of discussions with my friends about development and for many people, uh, if something changes, they immediately call it development. For them, development is the same as change. Just the child, the child speaks in two sentences, and say, oh, it's a speech development. Mm. So development is not just the same, it's not, it's not the same as change, and not every change is development. So development is not just something small becomes bigger. It's not. Development is a process of reorganization and differentiation. Because every tree was very small and then differentiation, then the waves appeared, then the leaves appeared. So this is process of differentiation, which is very important to understand development dialectically. Okay? So, and the second... And, and, the second go ahead, go ahead. 
And the second point is that qualitative changes, just uh, qualitative changes, which are components of development. So, uh, and then when I say development, Anthony, I always mean dialectical process. When I say development, I don't mean just simple change or growth or something, plus minus, as because he said, development is not plus minus. It's not mm. just, it's not explained, it cannot be explained like this. Development has its own internal logic, okay? It's self-movement, he says, self-movement, okay? because of contradictions and qualitative reorganization. Mm. I can show you something if you like. Sure. I just want to show you this, what Vygotsky said, what development is. In this quotation, he is saying that we will never understand child development without changing our view. And the change of view is that child development is a complex dialectical process you see here complex dialectical process characterized by complex periodicity disproportion in the development of separate functions and then metamorphosis or qualitative transformations of certain forms into others i would like you to answer some questions but but uh continue if you'd like can i ask a few this, questions now this is, uh, I just finished. This is the, one of the characteristics of development. The complex dialectical process which are characterized by metamorphosis. And metamorphosis is the term he took directly from Hegel. <laughs> but as if he is afraid we do not understand what it is, he says metamorphosis, or, or which is qualitative transformation of certain forms into others and then complex merging the processes of evolution evolution complex crosses cro crossing of so you see how complex the process is how how many times he repeats the word complex here you see complex dialectical process complex periodicity okay complex crossing complex process See, complexity, 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 complexity. Now your questions. Very Sorry, helpful. I, I no, 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 that's great. Not at all. Um, so I'm going to give you three things to compare to help, to help maybe uh, clarify this point. So can we compare um, a bud, a flower, and a fruit? So that transformation. Can we compare um, water and ice and steam? No. And can we maybe compare um, uh, a, a butter, the process of a butterfly developing? Uh, butterfly, so, yes. Butterfly, yes. So, so when, the, when the flower when the, is, when the, but the water, goes, no. When the bud goes to the flower, there's still, it still has its bud, budness, bud essence. Yeah, when the flower goes and this to the is fruit, this, it still has this its is bud a, and this is uh, yeah, philosophically, it's a negation, a negation of the negation. And you probably remember that law that the next stage is a kind of negation of a sublation, which means that it becomes hidden within, not dies completely. Uh, you remember, you, you had an access to my chapter yeah. about dialectics. So, and ice, 
ice and water and stem is very good example of qualitative transformations but this is not a dialectical transformation because dialectically there is no way back can you see the flower coming back to the bud no not until it creates a new bud yeah yep yep so physically so water can come to, from stem to water then to ice then back to water so and it's more uh more quantitative changes because it's just a it's just a distance between the atoms a physical distance between the atoms connections so it can be very easily explained by just quantitative characteristics mm. that's why in physics it is called the aggregate states of water right yeah? aggregate states means that it all depends on the on the how long atoms are from each other or how close they are to each other so this is not the example of development because water does not develop water just changes remains the same but changes the the, the aggregate state that's okay, why so, so a that's why of, it's not mm -hmm. so a change of state is not uh dialectically developmental but um no. But, no. but but some sort of qualitative reorganization is can you just so it can you just try, try can you try to explain qualitative reorganization in yeah another and, uh, sort of different type uh, of way yeah but i don't know how to explain <laughs> Well, uh, uh, that's I think. Take take your butterfly example. Okay. Take my my fruit example. So there are new quality new quality of things. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that it's it's only looks differently. It means that it's uh, organized differently. Because do you remember I also said that qualitative qualitative change qualitative reorganization means differentiation mm. do you remember i said differentiation when you differentiate and what exactly do you mean by that uh, differentiation is that again coming back to my example the, the small tree is a small tree and how many waves maybe potentially two or three waves when the tree grows there are more waves coming so the tree the tree differentiates with waves and leaves and so on these are uh, and if you follow Hegel's logic, they are new parts of the system. As mm. if the system creates for, from itself, generates mm. new, new parts, components. It becomes every year become more and more leaves, for example. So, and me mechanical systems never, never do like this. Mechanical system, for example, your car mm. is, is your car, and uh, uh, you cannot expect from your car next year there will be five wheels <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and uh, six cylinders in your car instead of four, right? Never. So organic systems are developing through the process of differentiation. They are just creating their new parts from, mm. from themselves, right? Okay. Take, take the family as an example. Family. First family, when you got married, I, I take ideal case, so we are only two, and then your family generates something, and then in five years, you see, you have five children. <laughs> wow. Family grows, and you see the difference. It was a qualitative change. 
life of parents before the children and life of the parents after the children. Their whole life is completely reorganized mm. and there are new parts, new components, which in Hegel's sense, we can call new organs because it's organic system, it consists from organs. So take, take our body, very complex differentiated system. But believe me or not, but everybody was at the beginning just a simple one living cell which began to grow, differentiate, and then so these all are examples of qualitative reorganizations and differentiations. Mm. That's why the word transformation might be not good because transformation means transformation change of form mm. or transition from one form to another transform but what is form form is just an external form that makes me think water to ice yes this is an example of transformation but this is not an example of qualitative reorganization because water does not develop which means that water does not create new new parts does so, not become bigger so this quotation on the screen is is this like early in his process uh because he's talking about transformation of forms into other forms was was yeah, was, yeah. was he was he speak, did he speak differently no, at a different time? No, no, no. But he speaks about qualitative transformation. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> not, not just quantitative transformation, qualitative transformation. I he see. tries to, he tries to explain in a, in a, in a, in a way, in a way. So, uh, and this qualitative transformation is a reorganization because first new organs appear and then a new quality appears, which cannot be reduced back. So. Mm. Well, you you cannot you cannot uh, you cannot come back with your family to the times when there were no children. Of course, due to the process of negation of negation, when you are getting older, when your children leave you and mm. begin to live separately, then again you are coming to the stage when you and your wife are together. But this is an example of negation of the negation. So. <laughs> it's, it's a, you are again, two of you, but on a much higher level of development. These are examples of qualitative change and qualitative. That's why I prefer, I prefer to use the word reorganization rather than transformation, because transformation immediately generates in our mind something like changing the external form, exterior mm -hmm. form. But yes, this is, but not every transformation is qualitative reorganization just like so, just like not every change is developmental yeah absolutely not absolutely so okay. and just uh, just to, to make it easy to understand uh, i can give you one more example i don't remember maybe i gave this example to you maybe not so uh, it's an example about the movie famous movie called transformers uh, we haven't so, discussed this no uh, no, no, we mm -hmm. haven't. So, uh, yeah, it was some time ago, some years ago, there was a 
series of movies called Transformers. Transformers. They're very popular movies. Did you did you have a chance to look at watch? Yeah, and, and I play those are all the toys that I played with. Yeah, yeah, okay, you know. Okay. So and why the title is Transformers? Because they are characters in this movie. Some of them at least are Transformers. But why they are called Transformers? Why this name? Because they are, they can change their form. They are becoming something like humans, robots. But when it's needed, they are just change the form and becoming a cars, right? Yeah, and then they they they, they, they move the car, and then they can come. So, and they are very limited in their transformations. They are just becoming cars or robots, cars or robots. This is that's why they call transformers. They are not reorganizers. <laughs> so, because look, they are the same, the same number of pieces, the same number of parts. They do not generate from from them something new. There is no differentiation. There is no qualitative change. They remain the same, but only change their form in the form of the car, in the form of the robot. So this is a transformation, a very clear transformation. But this transformation is not qualitative transformation, which is reorganization. And two okay. more quick ones. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, two more quick ones. That sends my mind to, uh, I hope you saw the Terminator. Or no, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. with, with, the, uh, with the cop who was also, he was made of like some sort of like liquid molten metal. And so he could transform into some other shape and then return, but he could transform into an endless amount of shapes and return. So, yeah. so yeah. the endless amount of transformational possibilities would still, yeah. Not, yeah. Would still not qualify, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So because what is it simply as, as long as it could return and revert back, it would not no. count. In this. No, 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 no. That's, uh, that's, that, that's the dialectical understanding of development. Mm -hmm. You see that not every change is a development, but development is not possible without change. Mm -hmm. You see, you hear the dialectics here, right? So, and, uh, uh, and the development is objective process. Of course, there are most fundamental, basic, most fundamental dialectical, dialectical laws of development, which are laws of dialectics, as you know, there are three uh, most fundamental laws of dialectics. Every, every system in the world, in the universe, living system, which grows, which is a living system, which develops, develops according to the dialectical laws. They are universal laws of development of every organic system. We can take society, we can take tree, we can take our body, families, any kind of so. But the problem is that these universal laws are very universal. They are they are like a global so and the problem is that we cannot apply them directly to study uh, psychological development. How about something like a, uh, uh, an artificial intelligence, like machine learning program that is uh, sort of organically adding 
to itself as it goes. No, no. Why not? Because that doesn't revert back to its original form. It's constantly learning. Yeah, but does it create itself a new organism? I think so. Parts? Yeah, I yeah. think so. It, yeah. So, yeah. okay. Does, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't really have any expertise in this field. Yeah. I think so so uh, according to yeah. my knowledge, as far as I know, the so-called artificial intelligence mm -hmm. is very interesting. I don't want to criticize, but let's 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 ask one question, Anthony. Just one simple question, because I think this is the question which really important to ask. People are doing they're trying to create artificial intelligence question is what do you mean by artificial intelligence if you ask them what do you mean by artificial intelligence they say the intelligence uh, by artificial intelligence we mean the intelligence which is equal to human intelligence but produced by machines right so, by artificial intelligence, we mean the intelligence which looks like human intelligence, but is not produced by humans, but produced by machines. This is the answer. I mean, a general one. And then, they don't know. They don't know one thing, which Vygotsky said. They don't know one thing that our intelligence Anthony, your intelligence, my intelligence, everybody's intelligence is artificial. <laughs> because all our intelligent, intelligence, thinking, memory, will, imagination, all they call uh, is created and we, are, we took it from the social environment. And the whole social environment is absolutely artificially created. Books, what, is that? what does that last books, sentence mean? Books, languages were created by human, by, by, by mankind. So, so what, what, I'm sorry, what do you mean by the word artificial? When you say artificially artificial created. Which, uh, artificial, which means not natural. Our intelligence is not natural. It's not natural like the grass and trees and palms. Grass, trees and palms are natural, a part of nature. But our our intelligent intelligence or intellect is completely created in artificially created conditions. We are using language which was which did not appear as natural as trees and grass and, and, and rain and forests. It was created by the generations of people. Mm. We are using cultural objects which do not exist in nature. They, they are created by people. You are using pens and pencils. Yeah, but weren't, are, weren't, weren't, they, people, weren't people created to create pencils, so to speak? Yeah, but pencils were created by, by people. Created, yeah. artif artificial. They are artificial objects. They are not natural objects. And we are not using natural objects. We are using artificially created cultural objects. So, culture is a system of artifacts. Do you, mm -hmm. do you know this? Artifacts. But what, what's the meaning artifacts? It's artificial phenomenon. So, 
what they are going, what they are doing actually, they are trying to, they are trying to create natural intelligence. They so think that they, they think that they are trying to, to make it artificial intelligence, thinking that our intelligence is natural. But the reality is that our intelligence is artificial. And what they are doing is they're trying to reproduce our artificial intelligence in, a, in a mechanical systems. And mm. mechanical systems will never have an opportunity to obtain the level of artificial created intelligence as we humans are. It's absolutely hopeless task. They can reproduce quite quickly some limitations of thinking, but machines will never be able to think creatively. You cannot expect from artificial intelligence to think critically. I don't agree. Yeah, yeah you might. I don't, you yeah, might. I don't know. I think, of course. I think, I think, I think um, machines are going to produce works of art, just for example, that, that just blow us away, that just, just blow us out of the water in terms of everything a work of art can do. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. would have to be considered a creative endeavor, and I think a yeah, lot of creative, yeah, yeah. a lot of creative endeavors can be like sort of reverse engineered. Yeah, yeah. But what you are saying is, I, I agree with what I was saying. But what you are saying is not about what I said before. You are saying that there are more and more, more and more things are now uh, about this artificial intelligence. They are occupying, so to say, and your Terminator is. Just a very good example <laughs> of the future. And this is really a, a danger, yes. But what I am saying is that even they are very strong, they will never be able to be human intelligent because human intelligence, for example, critical thinking, mm. machines will never be able to. They will be able to recognize faces, to, to just to trace us, so we are under control, but uh, creativity, for example, critical thinking, for example, or uh, productive imagination, which is very important. So is, cannot... is, is there something about the, uh, the meat and skin that we have oh, that, that, that makes the difference? Mm, no, what makes a difference is that we live in the human world. Mm. This is what makes difference. And I cannot imagine even the best developed uh, in, in artificial intelligent machine sitting and dreaming about <laughs> the date with the beautiful lady tomorrow. Impossible. <laughs> yeah. But how important is imagination for us? We can imagine worlds, we can imagine different things. And imagination is like a like a like a like an oxygen, like a like a fuel which generates our thinking, our activity. Mm. Yeah. So this is important. Also, if, I, if I was, if I was 19 years old again, I would, uh, I would set my career path as some sort of Vygotskyan uh, artificial intelligence researcher. I would try to blend those two worlds together. <laughs> and I'm sure some people out there are trying to do it. Yeah, but it's okay. Down. It's okay. Uh, I, I wish them good luck. I, I just I think uh, I think having a strong Vygotskyan understanding as a as some sort of uh, programmer working in that world, I think would yeah. be 
would be a great advantage. But uh, yes, but if you take Vygotsky seriously, mm. uh, you have. Uh, I prefer to think about how can I help children mm. to develop their artificial intelligence because the only intelligence yeah. we all have is artificial. How to help children to develop their imagination, to develop their thinking, to develop their feelings, to develop their memory, to make them cultural. How to open the world of culture for the children. How to make the world of culture, how to help them to understand that this is the world you can, you can, you can draw all your high psychological functions, which makes you human. So, and uh, that's why I, I prefer to think about the role of arts, for example, in human development. Uh, what makes me sad is that when, when the movies nowadays is just a place to go for entertainment with a popcorn, but cinema, in principle, if you take Fellini or Tarkovsky, for example, is a great art and for Tarkovsky and for Fellini and for, 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 for Godard, uh, movies were just pieces of arts, like, like, like the, 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 the world famous, famous pieces of arts in, in La Louvre everywhere. So, and it's, it was just reduced to entertainment. Mm. And for Vygotsky, theater, theater was a kind of the social technical feelings, which creates a special uh, aesthetic feelings, aesthetic test makes us human. But now people go to theater just to tick the box, visit the theater for entertainment. It's a show business now, you know? So this is the much bigger problem when the, uh, the children, many people, generations of people are excluded from their sources of development. They are excluded from the ideal forms. Mm. They are excluded from the ideal forms and these ideal forms are excluded and replaced by very primitive uh, examples of what does it mean to have a success in life, career, money, big house, all this consumerism. So this is a kind of misleading, misleading ideal forms which create the, 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 the ways to go, to go without having developmental perspective. That's why people are, people don't, many people, they, they just, 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 they are unable to think. You see in America, you see in Australia, you see in many, many countries, especially now when, they, when we have a crisis with the coronavirus, you see people cannot even analyze the simplest situations yeah. because, because they were excluded from ideal forms. They were not, they were not given the highest level of thinking. They didn't have an experience to read Hegel or to read Emmanuel Kant, just to develop their thinking. They, they say philosophy, ah, philosophy is something, blah, 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 blah. blah. But philosophy is a school of thinking. Mm. And, and philosophy is a culture, is a critical culture, as Marx said. You see, you see, for me, these problems are much more scary comparing mm. to what artificial intelligence will take control over us. Might be, might, it might be, might be not, but this is what really happens now. <laughs> <laughs> so, and 
Vygotsky here to think about this is very, very helpful. Probably Vygotsky is only one psychologist who introduced the ways of how we can cope with this, how we can manage this, how we can change this. That's why 100 years after his death, almost 100 years, still ideas are in agenda because they are so fresh, they are so new, they are so powerful. Mm. That social environment, cultural environment is the source of development of all, all higher psychological functions. But if the source is poisoned, the result is that. It's a problem. So this is <laughs> much, more, much more important than nature protection, global warming, change climate. Nobody speaks about changing of society. Nobody speaks about encapsulation of people. Nobody speaks about the, the, the disaggregation of social, social contacts. Mm. So where is the source? If there is no social environment, if I have no interaction with others, there is no source from which I can draw something. The source is empty. There is no river from which I can drink. If there is no river, I drink nothing. I have nothing. Is there a... <laughs> Sorry, it's, a, it's what again if, very, very philosophical. Oh, it took, it took an hour of time. Oh, come on. If, I'm going to hold my, <laughs> I'm going to hold my questions. No, 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 I think, I think, I think the culture conversation is very interesting, but we'll come back to that. And you see how, uh, how actual, uh, how important Vygotsky is because he, his focus was on that. Okay, uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, I'm ready to speak about this for, for ages. I, I, that might be our next chat. Uh, because I think this is very, very important. And instead of discussing this Greta Thunberg stuff, global warming, sure. so much more important. Of course, it's important. Of course, there is a global warming. Of course, there is a climate change. But um, so, social, the, 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 the crisis, the crisis of so sociality. Is, is there a, do you have a, a catchy phrase for this? Is, it, is there like a cultural crisis, a social crisis? Cultural crisis. I think you need the, a catchphrase. The, the devol devolution of culture. Yeah, that's a, that's a heated topic for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that's, yeah. That's, that's certainly one way to get in trouble, is to okay. have that conversation. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there's, so there's so many different ways to go with it. Well, I will be, I will be happy. But of course, it's only yeah. my humble, humble opinion. Yeah, okay, no, so it's I, really, really interesting because there are many different diagnoses for why that might be. And I think many people have their, have their one sort of enemy to point to for okay yeah. here's what here's what here's what's happening to culture and here's why yes, and i have yes. i have my enemy and you have yours and ah. it might not be the same explanations at all but uh okay so we come back to our list of five principles and the set of questions we've been using to discuss each principle individually mm -hmm. and here we are now at five and uh as far as i understand any process has uh beginning a middle and an end and if you forget the yes. end if you're trying to understand the <laughs> yes. process but you yes. leave off the end yes. you're missing something so yes let's dive in yeah, yeah. okay uh, coming back to the principles uh, we had a discuss we had separate discussions about each of them 
and this is the last one and uh, again I want to repeat I want to say again and again and again uh, I see in some publications they call it Verisov's principles but they are not Verisov's principles they are Vygotsky's principles of course what I did I just I just what to say I just formulated this in a, as a list of principles because he did not formulate this list of principles so but he used these principles of organizing the experimental study so he did it implicitly what I did I just took and create a kind of list so but um, they, they are Vygotsky's principles so and uh, about principle five this principle is principle of sustainable qualitative changes as an outcome of the experimental work. You see here something which is very familiar to you, Anthony? Mm -hmm. Qualitative changes or qualitative reorganization, right? Yeah. And sustainable qualitative reorganization. What does it mean? <clears throat> it means that these are five principles of experimental study right so we do our experiment following these principles we select some principles we are not following all of them we select some principles depending on our research question mm -hmm. it is not a requirement that we have to follow all these principles sometimes we're just focusing on one I don't want to discuss the difference between psychology, research, and education research. We just will focus on that. And these are principles of experiment, but I want to just to refresh our mind. Vygotsky's experiment is not the experiment of the data collection from observation. We are collecting data, we are making clusters, we are making, uh, how to say, they use patterns. Mm. No, Vygotsky's experiment is very different. Vygotsky's experiment is experimental genetic method. What does it mean genetic? It means development of In experiment, because we have to study the process of development, we have to create a certain type of experiment which makes us able to study the process of development. The process of development, not, not just a final point, the whole process of development. This is important. They, so it's not an object under study. It's a kind of, not subject under study. It's a process under study. So mm. Okay? So, and Vygotsky says that this method is experimental genetic methods because it, it artificially, artificially creates a process of psychological development. It creates the special settings which generates the process of psychological development. Why? And Vygotsky says, due to this, he says, we are able experimentally to elicit a certain development, to make it visible, to make it absorbable, absorbable. and then we collect the data. We don't need to find patterns anymore. We're just reproducing the whole process and we are capturing the most important moments of this process for, for analysis. So, 
that's a kind of difference. And this is very important. And requirement is very strong. If you take Vygotsky as your theoretical framework, you have to, you should, you must take, as a researcher, you should, you must, you take, you should take experimental genetic method as your research methodology. You cannot use Vygotsky's theoretical framework and do classical traditional experimentation like uh, observing and collecting data and then finding patterns, repetitions. No, they do not fit. But that's very common. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's what. That's why I. That's why but I'm that's, saying. But that's also that's very. Why. But that's also very common in in research studies that have been productive and useful. But, huh? but, if you are only using theoretical tools, mm. but you are not using experimental. So your experiment is not focused on studying the process of development, which means that you don't need this theory because this theory is about to study the process of development. If you are not studying the process of development, if your research question is not about that, why then you take Vygotsky? What's the reason? It's like, you know, <laughs> one of my examples is from Mark Twain, the, the great, Kings still used for cracking nuts, mm. but it's not for that. <laughs> okay, so so it's like a, it's like a it's like a form of uh, cultural appropriation, so to speak. To if if you like, to, <laughs> if you like, if you like. So it's so, not a term I usually use in a serious way, but it's like taking taking something so, and uh, reappropriating yeah. it where it doesn't necessarily belong yeah and what i'm saying actually anthony is that uh Vygotsky said clearly that uh if the problem is to study objective process of development using objective laws of development how the laws demonstrate themselves how the laws manifest themselves so you have to apply the special method to study this, which is experimental genetic method. If you are not applying, applying the method, why then you are using cultural historical theory as your theoretical framework? Because that theoretical framework was built to studying the process of development. But if you are not studying the process of development, you don't need that. But you know, many people and even the Godskians, they don't care about that. They just do something interesting, they combine some pieces of data, make a kind of very popular now to say patterns. And then they try to explain these patterns using Vygotsky's concepts. And they are very successful and they use Vygotsky's concept. That's all okay, journal, journals are happy to accept these articles, very good level of research, but in fact, it contradicts the idea of Vygotsky because it was his idea. And our extended conversation has been sort of uh, a modeling of the ideal form. Uh, not, not ideal meaning best, but just here, yeah. here's what it could be, maybe what it should be. So, so, mm -hmm. so what, is, what exactly does, uh, I think we've talked probably enough about what principle yeah. five means. But yeah, yeah, yeah but I, 
but but I need to clarify. Coming, yeah, yeah. Coming back to principle five, why why principle five is so important? It's important because of the nature of this experiment. Mm. That's what. That's why I just said about what this experiment is. Not just to refresh our memory, but to focus on that. So. If we, in especially creative conditions in a, in a laboratory, we create some conditions for developmental opportunities. If we especially artificially elicit certain development, like not boosting but just generating the development, we might we might have some results, some fruits at the end, and we might be happy about it. Say, look. We did the experiment, we have developed child's memory and now it was like that, now it's like this. You see the qualitative change happened, the child is now thinking differently or now the child's memory is working differently. That's Vygotsky's experiment, blah, 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 and uh, applauses, glories, grants, everything. But, are you sure that what you did is a really qualitative change? Qualitative change is something which remains forever. Or not forever, but at least till the moment of the next qualitative change. It doesn't go go back to being ice. It doesn't go back. So, that's why my principle, this is important. If you come back to this child in a month and repeat the same test, you will see that what you have developed and then in, in a week, in a month, completely disappears from child's mind. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? It means that, of course, you have created ideal conditions, and of course you have developed something. But this development is not a development because what you developed disappeared from child's mind in a very short time. But nobody cares about that. Look at psychological journals. They just show you show you the pre-test, post-test, and that's it. So, so just so to just to avoid this situation, a hmm. risk that what you are developing is not the real qualitative change. Maybe the child might be too small to test. Maybe you are you are trying just to develop the, the fruit just directly from from the bud, (laughs) forgetting that it should be a flower in between. You can create something which looks like a a fruit, (laughs) but what you are doing actually, you are destroying the bud instead of (laughs) making a fruit. Say that in a a different way. Say that in a different way when you say destroying the bud. Well, I mean, I mean, you are, if you are trying, if you are, if you are trying to use your force to convert the bud into the fruit, mm. in specially created conditions, so <coughs> you, you might mm-hmm. have, you can have something as a result which might look like a fruit, mm-hmm. but it's not a fruit because it's impossible to do from bud the fruit, because there is a stage in between which is a flower. So actually, you are changing the bud in such a way that you will never make a fruit of that because it's impossible. But you might destroy the bud. 
Yeah, one of the most help one of the most helpful uh, things I learned about concept development is the pseudo concept, which is the basically it's the appearance, right? It's the illusion of some yes. sort of concept. Yes. And, and as a as a classroom teacher, as a parent, etc., as as an individual looking in the mirror, it's it's a good thing to have in mind. This I, idea of the pseudo concept. I I really really love your comment because. This is an example how, uh, how the logic of development, the dialectical logic of development is totally ignored by saying that everything is in the social conditions. Just create the conditions, because Vygotsky says, children drops, uh, drinks everything from social environment, create a social environment, and it will be all fine, okay, good, good, good. So I, I know a lot of research like that. And one of the examples is that uh, there are some researchers who are trying to implement the uh, concept formation. They are trying to create uh, academic scientific concepts in children mm. of the uh, early childhood, in children of five, six years, years old. Of course, they create special conditions. They, they create place the children can learn scientific concepts everything goes well and when you ask the child a concept they give you a, a, a correct answer and it's all okay and all okay publications keynote speeches boom perfect 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 but let's come back to our let's come back to our principle qualitative change if you ask the child in a couple of weeks the same question no why? Why? Because concept formation is a process and the fruits in the process are available for the child only in primary. Children before primary school, children at age of five, six, they cannot think scientifically. They cannot think. They are, their thinking is everyday concepts, everyday concepts. And these are the buds. These are the buds. But the buds should go through the flower stage, becoming a, <laughs> and become a fruit. Mm. So, the trick, the tricky, and Vygotsky speaks about that directly saying that what's the difference between everyday concepts and scientific concepts? You might say, hi Nikolai, we know the difference. Everyday concepts are just everyday concepts. They are just taken from by children uh, or from their experience and scientific concepts are from the science, from, from the scientific, they are abstractions. That's all are correct, absolutely. But you know, Anthony, that scientific concepts have a one important characteristic. They are not isolated concepts. They only exist as a system of concepts. We cannot study scientific concepts just one by one. <clears throat> Children should, should, should understand the, the system of three or four concepts at the same time, which is of course impossible for the children at the age of five. Mm. If you tell them directly, they can memorize because the most developed functions in children at age of five is memory. 
for children at this age to think is to remember mm. or, to, or to recall. So you can develop their memory. They will memorize the concepts you are creating. They can reproduce these concepts, but they are not able to think with these concepts because they have no abstract thinking. Principle five, if I had a nickname for it in my head, it might be the, the humility principle. You see, you see, uh, can, I, can I just focus on that? So sure. you see, you see the, 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 the idea that, that everything depends on the social environment completely doesn't fit. So there is an internal logic, there is a self-development, and this is very important. And what happens is that uh, uh, instead, of, instead of doing things in proper time, people are trying to move the development of concept to the early stages. Mm. They think that they, they might help children, but they are not actually helping children. Because they are not working with their everyday concepts. But Vygotsky said that, that everyday concepts is important prerequisition for scientific concepts. And it should be an interaction of ideal and real. But if you are only coming and through play introducing scientific concepts without asking children what concepts they have, what are the everyday concepts? If there is no interaction of the ideal and, and present form, they can memorize just to be good to you because they want, uh, they want to know the good answer, but it doesn't mean that they have uh, scientific thinking. It doesn't mean that they have abstract thinking, but if they do, not have abstract thinking. For what reason they should have scientific concepts? <laughs> they have. They might have tools, but not able to use these tools. The only reason of such kind of research is just to get money from the government. That's it. So uh, the next point, which is important, is about the principle of sustainable policy changes. If, for example, it happens that after my experiment, I come in, well, usually I, I do repetition in week, then in two weeks, and then in a month. Hmm. Okay, so, but imagine something happens that you're coming back and test the child again in a, in a month, and you see that what you have developed disappeared, disappeared completely from child's mind. And which means that there is no sustainable qualitative results, which means that your experiment was not successful, which means many, many things. But why this principle goes the last? It helps me, it's, it helps me to find where is my fault? If after mm. this something happened, I look at other principles and ask questions. Maybe my experiment was not successful because I did not find the proper buzz of the world. Maybe it was my mistake. Maybe the child had, had no buzz, had no uh, 
you remember that you no know, higher psychological function which which is just on the on the bad stage. Maybe my mistake was there. And I have to think about it. And I have maybe to redesign my experiment. I have to rethink about it if the problem is there. Or it might be that the the contradiction, the collision, the social situation of development I created was not as dramatic. Maybe it was pseudo-dramatic. Mm. Sometimes children, sometimes children uh, are just playing dramatic, dramatic play, but they are led by a teacher. They are imitating dramatic plays. They are not really having their spirituality. Maybe, mm. maybe, the, maybe the mistake is there, or maybe the ideal forms I selected and I tried to use was not good ones. Or maybe the interaction of the ideal and present was not properly organized. Maybe, yes. And finally, maybe the tools, developmental tools I suggested and in implemented were not appropriate, were not prop good enough for this. So it gives me a kind of, it gives me a kind of opportunity to revise, to revise all my experimental settings and to play this thing because I don't know the answer. So I'm repeating my experiment. I'm, I'm changing another buds. I'm trying to use different kind of, kind of dramas or I bring new ideal forms or I use different tools. So I'm, I'm playing with my experiment. I'm repeating experiment with different children. Uh, one experimental series, two, three, five, 10, 20. So, until I have a qualitative reorganization. We're not talking about teaching, we're talking about uh, psychological experiments. But, yeah, we are, but, we are, but, we are but, talking about... Mm -hmm. but, but you may realize you're also indirectly talking about the art of teaching. And, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes the outcome is some sort of end of the, end of the unit test or assessment. And assessments are not... They're not, they're not only painful to grade because they take a lot of time, but they're a, look in, they're a real hard look in the mirror. And um, sometimes the grading process is painful because, you know, what it is is evidence of <laughs> a breakdown in one of these mm -hmm. principles, mm -hmm. so to speak. You know? yeah, and, and yeah, part, part yeah. of the art of teaching, at least being reflective, is uh, trying to yeah. diagnose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so right. It's, it's not a it's not a perfect analogy, but you know, there's a lot you're saying. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I completely agree, and because you are a teacher, and uh, you know better, and I agree that that teachers are forced to analyze the to grade the results without having deep analysis of why the result like this. What was what was what was missed? What was not done properly to get to this result? Because there might, might be millions of reasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, the same, yeah, I, I agree completely. But so, I, like, I, like these, I like these five principles as a uh, sort of diagnostic or reflective tool from a teacher's point of view, because you know, they're all right there. This is basically uh, a one form or one methodology for classroom instruction. Yeah. Uh, and I call principle five in my head, I call it the humility principle because we, we'd like to have the illusion, we'd like to have the illusion that, that, that we have some sort of evidence Front of us but it might just be pseudo evidence and uh yeah, yeah. And, 
if we had the time and the inclination, we could sort of yeah. painfully it's, it's, uh, yeah, uh, pull yeah. apart it's the very, whole process. It's very interesting, and you know, and of course, uh, uh, you remember we had a conversation about the the, the uh, Davidov's programs, huh? Davidov's uh, uh, theory of developmental learning teaching, Obuchenia, and uh, so. They have also a system of tests. They are testing children, of course, their intellectual development, but their tests are different. They are testing, they are testing how many methods the children can use to solve different problems. They are not testing problem solving. They are giving the child a series of tasks. Every task requires one special method the child and child should recognize which task can be solved by which method and then they apply. So this is what they are testing. They are testing the child's uh, capacities. The child is becoming capable to solve certain problem of mathematical tasks because the child is equipped, is armed with the methods and his task is just to select the, the, the method which fits to this task because this task of this this task is of that type so they are looking on the task they identify what type of the task it is then they take the method which fits to this type of the task they apply and then they, they don't care about what is the answer what is what they care about it is the child correctly identified the type of the task is the child correctly uses the method but how the child applies the method it doesn't matter it's mm. might, it might be technical errors but what is important is that the child is becoming capable in mathematics because mathematical capacity is that when the child looks at the task immediately understands what type of the task it is and what instruments he can use to solve this task if he does it correctly then it's on only a technical technical right. side I technical see. side so this, this is what uh, Davidov developed. And I think this fits nicely with one hand from Vygotsky and on the other hand with your, with your pedagogical examples. Mm. So we are testing the, child, the development of child capacities. So it sounds like if you're going to use principle five in your research design, you have to have some sort of longitudinal uh, approach. Um, yeah, it's a sort of longitudinal. But I might be using that term wrong, but you have to yeah. have some distance. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You have to repeat, uh, well, what I say, you have to repeat at least twice. Okay. Your post-test, you have to repeat at least twice to make sure that as a result, you got what you wanted. But what we want is a qualitative change. If it doesn't happen, something went wrong. So some, we yeah, have to... Sometimes the brainwashing wears off. Yeah, no, I'm just—I'm so, kidding. I'm using that term in a in a in a, in a neutral sense. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we are very politically correct. No, no problem with that. So, uh, can you share some examples of studies that ha that that have used this method and particularly have used uh, principle five? Well, uh, as I said, it was Vygotsky's principle. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, as I said, uh, I just put this list <laughs> uh, and introduced that list sometimes some some years ago. Uh, and honestly, it was not it was not as well accepted by the community. 
because it's like a in strong contradiction with the tradition because mm -hmm. traditionally so-called Vygotskian scholars traditionally they don't care about qualitative change they only speak about that but they cannot give an experimental proof that this is a qualitative change they, they don't care that's why probably they don't like and that's why I, I was for many years was trying, just expecting from next generation of young early career researchers to use these principles and by now there is an example of one study in Russia done by the one study in Sweden, uh, in Finland, in Brazil, and in Serbia, and in Greece. So young researchers are becoming familiar with these principles and they like these principles because it, it gives us a clear picture. They can learn how to design Vygotsky's experiment without learning this directly from Leontief or, or Vygotsky. Mm. So, and there are, there are some, 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 some things done, but not, not so much, unfortunately. And honestly, uh, I did my job, Anthony. <laughs> so I just created this list, I introduced, and of course all my PhD students who are doing cultural historical, they are using these principles, not because I'm their supervisor, because I explained to them that if you take cultural historical theory, it's very easy. You don't, you don't need to think about the methodology. This is a methodology. You have no choice. <laughs> Just do, do, do. Like, like that. So, and, but I don't want to give you examples of research of my PhD students. I think it's not, it's not modest. But I'm sure they wouldn't mind. I'm, no, I'm, yeah, I'm sure but, they wouldn't mind. Okay, well then, uh, I have mentioned my student Vala Mandili, who did the research about English uh, speech development in uh, pri in primary schools in Saudi Arabia. Uh, right. Saudi Arabia. So that was an example of research done on the principle of ideal and real forms. So mm -hmm. she just specially studied the ideal forms. And it's, you know, it's principle three in the list. So, and, but she did not create this idea of forms. She just made a kind of analysis of existing ideal forms and how, children, how teachers use this. But however, so the, one of the principles was incorporated and related to the development of speech, which is not learning language, but speech development. You see, that was a kind of, so my second example is my uh, PhD student, Samran Daneshvar, who is now doing very interesting research. He didn't finish yet, but very interesting research about private speech. You know this phenomenon of private speech, but he is looking on very interesting special private speech. He is looking on at he is looking at development or how private speech develops in adults having uh, two languages already, Kurdish and uh, uh, Persian, Persian, mm -hmm. and they are studying English. And how their private speech develops, having already two private speeches, Persian or one Persian Kurdish private speech, and how through learning English they develop their 
English private speech. And how or, do they yeah. or do they develop or not? And she, she, she creates an experimental situation. She creates a drama. She creates a kind of uh, tasks, just logical tasks in English. And it's a battery, battery of tasks, mm -hmm. just simple questions. And, and the answer should be given in English. And the tasks are given in English. For example, you have two brothers, your brothers have two brothers, how many altogether all brothers there are in the family. But the point is that they are with the increasing level of difficulty. And at a certain stage, they begin to speak to themselves in order to find the answer. And what is the most interesting is, even though the task is in English, even though the answer should be in English, in their speech, when they speak, they are using English, Kurdish, and Persian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what does it mean? It means that <laughs> it means that for the child who is who is only having his native language, first it's a communicative speech, then a social speech, then private speech, then internal speech, then thinking. This is the logic we got skills. But adults they already have private speech. So they are having new private speech, but then old private speech activates you see. The process of development of English private speech is not as process as development of native private speech. It's a different process, but still is the process from communication to communication to yourself, then communication in mind, and then and then thinking. You see, uh, my student he is looking on the development. He says that what is the development of trajectory of of private speech of second language learners. And their, their language proficiency is very high. We selected specially selected subjects with a very high English language proficiency. And the tasks were quite difficult. And as small children in native language, we have the same story of adults with the foreign language, mm. <laughs> which, repeats, which repeats all the things which Vygotsky discovered with small children learning their native language. We are doing the same. So the situation is the same, but the, the process, the objective process of development from, from communicative speech, differenti differentiation to social speech and private speech, and then to inner speech and then. So the logic, dialectics, the, the objectivity of the processes, process remains. But of course, because of the different situation, it goes differently. It goes differently, but it goes the same way. The stages are the same. Buds, flowers, fruits. <laughs> so talk about the fruits in that particular uh, experiment, in that particular study. Um, talk about the neo-formations principle. Neo-formation, yeah. How is that researcher using that principle? Ah, no. His research was about, he was studying the private speech, how the private oh. speech becomes. So as a, as a kind of, because we know that the private speech will be thinking later. But he was interested in this very particular, very interesting situation <coughs> when the private speech just appears and enriches the existing private speeches and their private speeches. So this is a very, very interesting, com complex private speech which, which mm. contains some 
elements of Kurdish, some elements of Persian, and right. some elements of English. Why it is important? It is important because, because for many researchers, for them, speech and private speech is something which mediates their activity. If you look on the fantastic research on the private speech of second language learning, L2, they all think about private speech as a tool. Mm -hmm. But my student and myself, we say no, private speech is not a tool. Private speech is a high psychological function, mm. which does not mediate as tools mediate, which does not mediate, but which is mediated, which is mediated by the tools. And these tools are languages. Mm. Languages. Because when we are communicating, we speak to enough. We speak to each other. You speak to me, I speak to you. This is what is communicative speech. It doesn't mean that our speech mediates. No, we are speaking to each other. This is a communication. We are building our speech. We are speaking mm. together. But what mediates? Language, English. We are, you, we are using English mm. language as a system of cultural tools, science, to mediate our conversation. Okay, so uh, principle five is in some way, it's a, it's a, it forces you to sort of check yourself or not get too ahead of yourself or too excited thinking something has been achieved when it might not. Is there any research studies that you can reference where this principle has been explicitly used either in like either in the design or in the execution yeah well uh your question is again about the difference between pedagogical research and psychological research okay uh, all my colleagues uh, are educators they are doing education research which means that we do not have a special creative conditions in the laboratory so we are not creating the conditions for development in, as Vygotsky did. Mm. Uh, that's, why, that's why we cannot uh, guarantee that the changes which happens in charts are qualitative. So it's not about that. We are very limited because they are doing only observations. So, and that's why uh, uh, there are many, very, very seldom answers. But when I do my experiments, when I try to do it myself, I just, it's a kind of, the principle says, when you finish your data collection, when you did your post-test, post-experimental test, don't celebrate, it's not the finish. Come again in a week and repeat. And, and that will be finished or you have to start from the very beginning, depending on the result. Because if there is no qualitative change, there is no development. If there is no development, it means that in your experiment, you develop nothing. If you develop nothing in your experiment, so you have to think about how to change the, all the settings using all principles. This is a very simple. I think it's very simple. But uh, 
One of my students, she is now, she's now, she's got an academic position in Deakin University in Australia, Victoria Minson. She did a little bit of something like, uh, like developmental uh, conditions. It was in a natural settings. Uh, she was studying children, mm -hmm. but because of teachers were involved, together with teachers, they have created a kind of uh, experimental situation to develop, uh, the, to create the, the conditions. Uh, I don't want to, to tell you the whole story, but uh, uh, in fact, they have developed the, there was a one, one girl who had a problem in telling stories, show and tell, you know. Yeah, we've, discuss, we've discussed this one. Yeah, yeah it's so, very interesting. So, and, 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 and Victoria, so when, when that, that girl, Eve, were able to, to tell the whole story about the little pigs, then Victoria, because she likes the principle, she came back in, in two weeks or mm -hmm. maybe three weeks or a month, and she didn't test the child again. She was just talking with the teacher. She said that does, does Eve has any problems with show and tell? She says, no, she tells, she tells every story. Mm -hmm. She knows because she has now ability to keep all the logic of the story, never mind how many, how many events, never mind who is so. So, and it was not a, just a direct confirmation of the principle, but at least Tisha said, no, no, no more problems with show and tell. So, mm -hmm. yeah, this might be an example. It makes sense. So you have yeah, to check. Yeah, yeah. You have to check back at some point. Yeah, and neoformation and neoformation is important because uh, I also have something here to. Uh, just one sec. I, I think I have something. Ah, again, I can read this quotation from Vygotsky. He says that. Uh, high psychological functions are not built up as a second floor over elementary processes, but they are new psychological systems that include a complex merging of elementary functions, which are included now in a new system, and they begin to act according to the new laws. Neoformations are the reorganized system of functions. This is what neoformation is. Neoformation is the new type of organization of child's system of high psychological functions and even child's activities in child's life. So this is what neoformation is. Neoformation is not just something new, like the, the child had no logical memory and then we have developed logical memory and the child has a logical memory. No, no, no. When the child begin, when we develop logical memory, the child internalizes. It, it changes completely all other processes. Mm. All other processes are coming uh, in the new system. They begin to work according to laws of this new system. They do not disappear, but they, they are. So this is a total, total qualitative reorganization, not just a transformation. It's a qualitative reorganization. This is what important. This is what neoformation is. Neoformation is not just something else, Something plus something new. No, this something new should be new in a dialectical sense, which means this something new should be a new system of all other functions. So can you explain 
And I think you maybe already just did. Can you explain why neo formation is a better term than, say, neo function? But neo function is speaks about something about new function, mm -hmm. new function. But child always has a system of functions. Okay, and when a new function comes internalized, it reorganizes the whole system. It reforms, it makes a reform. <laughs> of course, reform is not a good, good word, but it's something new form means. But behind that form is a complete reorganization. That's why neoformation is a much better term. I might be very critical to this term, but it's Vygotsky's term. Mm -hmm. uh, new function is just a several functions plus plus one more or two more it no, it's not it doesn't work like this it's always what is what always, is what is what is happening when uh when we have the appearance of a neo formation but no confirmation that it's actually happened like a, if it, a, what is if that it doesn't, no if it doesn't happen it, it means that it didn't happen but what is what <laughs> is what what can we call that appearance of a neo formation no, well, uh, you know, like what I'm saying is, you said many people celebrate at the end of a study without mm -hmm. going back to test it a second time, for example. Yeah, so because this that, is a, it, that's, this that's, is a that's a that's an illusion or an assumption of a neo formation. Yeah? yeah, it's not it's not an illusion. It's okay. a it's a tradition of doing psychological experiments. There is a prescribed procedures of doing traditional classical psychological experiments. Mm -hmm. And for example, traditional classical intervention experiments, like you have a group of children, you are making a pretest, pretest, then you are doing intervention, and there are some changes, and then you are doing post test, and then you are comparing pretest and post test to see that there is a, a qualitative qualitative uh, uh, correlation, called qualitative change because of uh, the significant differences or non-significant, any significant differences they, they call qualitative. For them, qualitative is this. But for dialectical thinkers, qualitative is not this. Qualitative is the reorganization. And to make sure that this is a reorganization, you, don't, you should not limit yourself on a pre-test and post-test. You have to have a post-post-test. But for them, Qualitative is significant, and that's it. It's okay, it's enough. And they were trained about that. They were learned, they are trained psychologists, experimental psychologists. So, but they were not trained in doing cultural, historical, mm -hmm. genetic experiment. So there's, so there's less attention to longevity and less attention to transfer. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a it's a, it's a tradition. It's a traditional method of doing psychological experiments. Even they are implementing the elements of Vygotsky. Even they are trying to say that okay, this is ideal forms. Sometimes they are doing some things, but they forget mm -hmm. about this fifth principle, which is important. You see how important it is. Can the fifth so, principle when you when you do like a say like a, a post post test one week or one month later? 
does that have can that be a sort of transfer style test where it's not really the yeah. same type of thing but it's no, a, of it's course, a, it's of a course, different of course. different activity that would utilize of course of course of course we are not we are not repeating the same yeah, it's okay. stupid to, re to repeat the same so of course the same type but different yeah so and you see the importance of this principle is very high and it prevents us from being too optimistic that we can do everything following Vygotsky. Mm -hmm. I have debates, discussions, arguments with my colleagues who are saying, Nikolai, what about say that you say that children are too young, children are not, are not ready. Age is socially constructed. That's, you don't understand Vygotsky. I said, okay, maybe I don't understand. Age is socially constructed, but however, each age has a very clear characteristics. Yeah, so that sounds like something. So people, if, if it sounds child, like something people without children would say, to be honest. Yeah. Oh well, they are they are researchers with children, but they are doing the research. And, but it's okay. I don't mm. mind. I don't mind. I just don't cooperate with these people, and then they are not asking me what 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 is my opinion. Mm. They know they know Vygotsky better than me. It's okay. No problem. I have no problem with that. If somebody knows Vygotsky better than me, shows it. Look. Look, it happens. Vygotsky is right. But when I when I come to the student, I give them the same task in a week. Hmm. What they say? Vygotsky was wrong. Because it didn't work. I say, no, Vygotsky was right. And that's why it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Vygotsky who was wrong. You were wrong. <laughs> But they don't 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 allow me even to come and, and show them. It's easy. I'm ready to come to their lab. We have a lab like that, very close. And show them. But of course, I'm not allowed to, to go. Well, if you're not allowed to go, then that means that means they're not watching this video. But let's pretend they were, um, and you wanted to form some sort of bridge. But to, to maybe but, to maybe move past the sticking point. What yeah, might but, you but, What might you but, say? But Anthony, I'm always looking to okay. build bridges. It's it's okay. I I don't care. They can yeah, develop okay. scientific thinking, scientific concepts in children at the age of five. No problem with that. So, why should we use our energy for that? People are doing things they trust. People are doing things they have a glory about. They have money. They have grants. They have their respect they have recognition it's okay no problem about that why not ask to do better things we understand mm. why should we spend time energy just to show that what they're doing is not Vygotsky why should I no really Anthony I, was I have I, I have published these five principles almost ten years ago. Mm -hmm. It's so easy, just to open my papers, look at these five principles, and ask, "Hey, can we check if you are Vygotskans? Can we check this fifth principle?" They are not secret principles; they are open. Everybody can do this if they wish. But they don't. If they don't wish, what should I do? 
you can bring horse to the water, but you cannot force the horse to drink. I did my job, I did what I did. And I think, and you see now that it's everything I did is not from my head. It's just, it's all because of these things. And uh, yeah, so I just leave it, leave it without comment. I wish everybody great success in the science and I'm ready to support everyone. But in my research, I, I will do things I trust. I, I want well, to show I, you something. I, I'm, I'm kind of a pro diversity. I, so. uh, yeah, I know, I know. I think diversity I to, is good. Yeah, 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 it's okay. No problem. <laughs> no problem. I want to show you something. Maybe I just wanted to, I had a discussion with with my colleagues, biologists, they're doing biology, they're doing science for young children. And they said, oh, Nikolai, children can, can, children can uh, understand scientific concepts in biology very easily. Nikolai, Jovogotsky was not right. Jovogotsky was, no, 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 no. And they say, look, Vygotsky was working with children 100 years ago. Now children mm -hmm. are different. Children are different now. Children can now uh, accept and can develop scientific concepts because the childhood is different because of the digital world because of this and this and this and children can think abstractly no 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 and do you know what i did i just said okay uh, let's take biology as an example look here You know this, of course. Mm -hmm. As a teacher, you, you know this. Can you see? Yes. Yeah. Yeah? Yes. Okay. This is a Linnaeus system, system before Darwin. Look, we are not even touching Darwin. Darwin is much more complex as you honest, as you mm -hmm. know. So how can you how can the child understand just this concept, the concept of class of animals? Or just family. Doesn't make sense. The child has to understand the whole. Mm. Right? Can you imagine imagine the child at the age of five who can easily, quickly distinguish between this or too high. Too too high task. But what they can do? They can train the child to remember all these things mm -hmm. and to answer correct questions from the memory. It might look that the children can think abstractly, but the only thing is that children can remember different things and reproduce this and recall this when they are asked. However, the, the, whole, the whole system of, of concepts is this, <laughs> even. <laughs> Look, please note, I'm not touching even theory of evolution. Mm -hmm. Or from physics, how the child can understand the concept of gravity. Well, even, even, even this list on the screen right here, in order to talk about one of these words, 
deeply like to really drill down you yeah. have to you have yeah, to talk yeah. about you have to talk about the other words even if it's just in terms of contrast yeah because you cannot understand the order of family because family is a part of the class which is a part of the kingdom so this is this is what is that so system of concepts only system of concepts they do not exist separately and how children can understand gravity they say oh yeah Nicola, it's easy they can understand gravity and we just we just make an experiment with children just uh some, something falls on the floor and they say, look this is the gravity the the the, the earth is a magnet and it's like a magnet so it's very easy for children to understand the concept of gravity i said no it's not a concept of gravity because the concept of gravity is related with other concepts for example the concept of mass and the concept of speed right <laughs> so but i'm speaking about newtonian gravity i'm not speaking about einsteinian gravity which is related to the geometry and the speed of light all these things so so uh what they are actually doing they are introducing some concepts scientific concepts to children familiar they are familiarizing children with some concepts but it's not a concept development it's not a concept formation it's not a conceptual thinking not at all because of the level of development of the child it should be buds when you want flowers to grow and there are no buds you, you will never get a flower <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to jump you don't want to jump you don't want to jump from buds to fruit yeah but the buds appear every bud <laughs> appears at certain period of child's life and not 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 earlier not later and we could read your book to, <laughs> to find the answer sorry, to that sorry <laughs> And we could read your new book to find the answer to that question, right? Oh, maybe. Or we could read Vygotsky, yeah. Oh, oh, we can write something together. Uh, when I finish my book, probably we'll write together a new book about how Vygotsky in the classroom. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool. Uh -huh. Okay. So, anything else for today? I have nothing left in my head that I could think of. So, but I'm sure I will. And I, I, there were some, there were some moments during today's chat that definitely could be exploded into a larger conversation. So who knows? Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll so, do it again. So uh, anytime when you are ready, when you feel you need the continuation, you know, my pleasure always. I'm always happy. I never said no to you. No. I, I always say yes, of course. So the only problem is to find time, but we can find time. Yeah, and I hope, I hope this is also valuable for you. And oh, absolutely. oh, absolutely! Oh, absolutely! Your questions are fantastic, and uh, you you think really as a good teacher. Sometimes I I forget. I was a teacher also, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was not a bad teacher. But I, I never had such questions like you mm. have. So probably it means that I was not a good teacher. <laughs> not, as good as, not as good as you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a mess. So that's another story, but. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I guess we'll talk soon, okay? Okay, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Nice day. Yeah, it was Have great. Nice Thanks. Day. Okay, bye. Okay, take care. Bye bye. bye.